and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 157 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate first watch, rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we're going over Stargate SG-1, season 8, episode 3, Lockdown, a.k.a. Anubamort. That's so much better than the one I had. What do you have? Mine was just, it's coming from inside the base. It's coming from inside the base. That's pretty good. I mean, a floating disembodied (laughs) bad guy. It's an Anubamort. It's an Anubamort. Yeah. Yeah. The Anubamort is coming from inside the base. That's really long. But it works. It works. The Anubamort is coming from, I'm writing that down. Uh, so this first aired on July 23rd, 2004, written by Joe and Paul, directed by Will Wearing. Um, fun fact, Gavin Hood, who plays Colonel Vasilov. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, you probably know him more as a writer and director. Really? He wrote, and I'm going to, it's a South African movie. Um, Tutsi or Tutsi? Yeah, something like that. But it won the Academy Award for Best Warren Language Film. I do know that film. movie. I do know it. He wrote and directed that. Oh, Plus, wow. he also directed X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> so, wait, wait. Are you telling me that that accent's not real? <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote and directed Ender's Game. Oh, right on. So He's making a good amount of money. Yeah, so what's when he did when he left... SG one. I mean, thank goodness. I was worried he's going to be stuck frozen on that planet forever. I know. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the show you've already seen. Yeah. Um. So I'm just going to start in with the because we start on an air on a spacecraft, yeah. the International Space Station. Bow, bow, bow. Um. The first component was launched in 1998. I remember this. Okay. And people started, like, staying there in November of 2000. And I remember hearing about it and not comprehending. And so, (laughs) in my brain, it became a space hotel. It's, you know, we're getting pretty close to a space hotel, to be fair. Imagine the price for that Airbnb. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, to be fair, the actual price to stay at the Airbnb is probably not as much. The cost to get to the Airbnb is where the cost lies. Yeah, that's fair. Um... (laughs) So it's still getting new parts. It's still growing. It's it's scheduled to last until 2030, which basically means in space terms, it'll probably be running until 2040. Yeah. <laughs> Everything runs a little later yeah, than it's okay supposed to. Um, and you can actually see it with your naked eye. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's been a couple times where it's passed by. There's a couple times where I've been like, hey, Grace, come here. Go outside and look Go up. look at this thing. There's a couple apps and a couple websites. They're they're easy enough to find that you can actually track. It'll give you like a text or a warning when it's going to be overhead, um, because it actually moves fairly quickly in this in the sky. And so you can actually look up and you'll see this like white dot traveling, you know. Yeah. Like a star doesn't. <laughs> and then we wave at it. And then you wave like at children. it, and they totally mm-hmm. see you. Yep, they can see me. Um, and it's basically one of the it. coolest things ever. It's actually the nice ninth space station that's been in orbit around oh, wow. Earth. Uh, and it is a joint project between the U.S., Russia, Japan, the European Space Agency, and Canada. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And U.S., Russia, Japan, and... Europe. Europe as a whole. Oh. Yeah. There's a European space agency. In my brain, that list started to sound like the beginning of the end of the world. <laughs> flash animation it's like all the countries who have nukes and it was like russia japan and us um and so fun fact uh-huh. uh where iss is is actually 90 percent of earth gravity oh but everything appears weightless because technically when you're in orbit you are free falling Oh, so you're the next one. Fallen. And that's actually the reason, like, if you fall here on Earth, Mm -hmm. you actually are weightless. But it's it's because it's basically Uh. continually falling where it is on orbit. 
It's just moving fast enough to just stay falling forever. Uh-huh. I get it. Which is why if, it, if ISS stayed still, it would fall to the earth and plummet. Whoa. Yeah. But it's caught in that perfect thing because if they, for example, if they like so it's, slow it's down. So it's less flying. It's more like it's hang gliding forever. You're hang gliding forever. Hang gliding forever. It is just far enough out that. I feel like that's a new philosophical Earth, movement I'm going to start. Earth is trying to pull it. Uh, but it's like, no, I'm going fast enough. So it's like if you were um, on tethered and you run okay. fast enough and you just keep going in a circle. Yeah. When yeah, Stormy yeah, yeah. runs fast enough on the tether yep. around you. Yep. And he just uh, keeps going in a circle. Yeah, that's gonna That's happen. what ISS is doing. I like it. Or like the motocross circle things that uh-huh. they do. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. That's that's what that's what Orbit is. And then you have amazing things that happen on the ISS, like Chris Hadfield making the music video for Space Oddity. Which I know you saw. I did see so that. I know I showed it to you. <laughs> so it's one of the most epic things It's ever. one of those where I get like a ding at work on uh-huh. my messenger and it's like ding. And I'm like, I know I've got a lot of work in front of me. Ignore <laughs> that ding. Ignore that ding. I can't do it. I must watch now. So there's a really, really fun, very, very distant, but I'm going to count it as a personal connection that I have to the ISS. I like it. I'll take it. So STS-88, which is Endeavor. Went up in 1998, and it had Node 1 in it, Unity. It was okay. the first major part of the ISS. Well, it was the second major part of the ISS that went up, the first U.S. component. Okay. And it went up, and they used the shuttle's robotic arm to grab Zarya, the, the other module, the Russian module that had been sent up, okay. and, and connect the two. And the person who grabbed them okay. and connected them... The robotic... The astronaut's name is Nancy Curry. <sighs> She I know that name. Is uh, she is now Nancy Curry Gregg, but she married to have the name Curry, like one of a distant, distant, removed multiple times cousin. That is at least close enough that I have a large cur- f- a book of Curry, the Curry family. You're part of the same clan. Exactly. How awesome so is that? So she married that? into my Curry clan. Cheers to Nancy. Exactly. Cheers to Nancy, who, by the way, is a badass motherfucker. Uh, she was in the Army for 22 years, uh-huh. retired as a colonel. Uh, she was an instructor at the U.S. Army Aviation School. Uh, is a master army aviator, uh, had over, she went up in the shuttle four times, has over a thousand hours in space, now teaches industrial engineering at NC State. Oh, is that all? That, that's yeah, all. No big deal. That's all. In like her retirement years. Her retirement years is teaching industrial, industrial engineering. engineering. Fuck fuck. Awesome. We need our engineers. And this is after she taught aviation. <laughs> well, again, this is her like easy class that she's yeah, teaching now. Yeah, this is... It's like, you know how in our retirement years, we're like, we're going to take it easy. And we have these dreams of like, yeah. I'm going to just rescue dogs uh-huh. because I'm just going to play with dogs. Yeah. This is her equivalent of playing with dogs. Playing puppies. Industrial engineering. That is how amazing this lady is. <laughs> so here's to uh, Nancy Curry Greg. Nice. So Stargate. We start aboard the ISS, which looks much different in 2004 than it does now because air sh- um, stations grow. I'm about to say shuttles, and then I said something else, and then... They're living beings. So Sam and a Russian officer are listening to the, the Russian team up there uh, at the in the control room. Okay. They're having, they're pissed off and annoyed that they're having to avoid debris from the Antarctic incident. (laughs) The incident. The incident. I love that. Uh, And although like, I'm guessing maybe that cosmonaut just likes retro gear because his patch says mirror on it. Oh, which I is didn't. the station before ISS? He just hasn't station? had a chance. He put on the wrong jacket in the morning. He's worked on both. And he just I was like, ran I think out of the house. brought like, it up to be, you know, cool and cheeky. retro. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then at some point he starts to sound really worried. And yeah. the screen says alert. Then there's a large piece of gold ship hmm. coming towards them. And they just make it. They just avoid it. And the cosmonaut continues. He's going on, talking, talking, and and the woman sitting next to Sam turns and is like, "I don't really want to translate what he just said." And oh. Daniel's like, "I speak Russian." Why? Why do we have anyone other than a Daniel? He says, "If the Americans keep blasting alien ships out of orbit, they've got to do a better job at tracking their own mess." <laughs> Fair. 
I mean, very fair. If you're gonna create a mess, you should clean up after if, yourself. If you take something out, you should put it away. Yes. This is a thing that I'm not the best at, but I'm trying, guys. Look, if all of your Legos are on the floor and I get hurt <laughs> by them, I get to yell at you it's about it. My 2019 it. resolution: try to put things back when I take them out, and suddenly they lose signal with ISS. And we see the Hexus traveling to the station. Dun, dun, dun. That was my other AKA. The Hexus. The Hexus. See, and I called it a weird Dementor thing. I'm all yeah. Potter all the time. Yeah, I, I immediately, it's a little, well, to be yeah. fair, I think it's much more, it's much more Dementor than Hexus, because the Hexus was gooey and solid. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But I just kept thinking Hexus, because <laughs> Ferngully oh, is an important Hexus. piece of my childhood. Yes. I just always remember the scary machine. Yeah, the it's... Ma- that movie is terrifying. It is. They don't they don't make them like that anymore. If you think of no. the never-ending story was also terrifying. Never-ending story is terrifying. The, I mean, the, there's a couple of near-death scenes. A Fox and the Hound. It's much worse than Bambi. I've yeah. said this from day one. Oh God, yeah. Fox, the end of Fox and it's the Hound. It's a war movie. The it's, end of Fox and the Hound is abjectly traumatizing to children. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's kind of a war film about yeah. being on the opposite sides of a war. Yeah, it's so oh, good. I just got real sad. <laughs> like, but also like all dogs go to heaven. That is that is some terrifying. Do you remember? Oh, we're, everything hurts. Do you remember we're back a dinosaur story? Yeah. How terrifying is that circus? Yeah. It's, or speaking of circuses, Dumbo. And they're remaking Dumbo. Oh, God. Why? Again, don't. I actually, I don't know if I ever 100% made it through Dumbo as a kid. Look, I, I feel like I have a hard enough time. I can't imagine people who are mothers. Maybe this is Imagine why, being a mother. Maybe this is why we're traumatized as this generation. Maybe that's why we're all just so anxious. Everything because in our lives just, we were showing, hey, that's all nice, but we were, she's going to hit the fan. We're gonna sh- we were showing things like Fern Gully and We're Back a Dinosaur Story as youths. Oh, dear God. Oh, I feel so bad right now. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this really lighthearted cool, cool, cool. Stargate cool, 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 story cool. about uh, possession. Yeah. So we get credits. Um, so cut to Jack's desk. <laughs> covered in paperwork. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not going to do it, so they're just going to keep stacking it up in front of him. And I love that he has nothing on his shelves. He has nothing. He has one photo on the other side, <laughs> yeah. and there's, like, no other personal touches to this office yet. No. I would like to think that Daniel keeps asking him if he can decorate his office. I feel, yeah, or he, or or Sam's like, can you do some of this paperwork? Uh-huh. Here's, here's what his desk looks like. I'm going to admit a thing about a Grace. <laughs> Grace is pretty much a clean, organized person. I love I love having things uh, all taken care of and yeah. settled and blah, blah, blah. Uh, our house is kind of sparse. Um, Your house dirty makes my house, like, look, still looks cleaner than my house clean. <laughs> so we've established that. Now I do have a dirty little secret like a Monica from Friends closet <laughs> where I have my desk in the garage. And what I do... Is anything I don't want to deal with, I stack on the desk. Um, For a good four weeks, all of our mail, (laughs) like all mail, was stacked on... I essentially stack mail and then deal with it once a month. Yeah. <laughs> the the Laura like Gilmore way of yeah, dealing with mail. Exactly. And so what I've done is I've created a note in my phone that says, these are when your bills are due. <laughs> yeah. So even if I don't open the mail, I can at least pay my bills. Yeah. And not lose my house. Uh-huh. But otherwise, it's just a stack of like, and there's mail and there's sewing. Yeah. And there's a laptop that's not plugged in. Mm-hmm. And it's the one spot where I'm like, I don't, don't look at it. Just All go add your, to it. Don't look at me. Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> all of your dirty just consolidates it's there. all that one space yeah it's it's your i mean even our junk drawer is organized so i have to have an outlet somewhere it's like your organization version of the portrait of dorian gray that's exactly <laughs> it that's exactly it somewhere in our house is a desk that gets dirtier and dirtier whereas again i have often and other people have compared our house to the weasleys oh it's very weasley which i very much accept and i usually just try to keep it toned down to the point where a table's are cleared. I find it very charming because even if like everything is 
a little bit precarious if you don't yeah. know what you're doing. Uh-huh. Like, a, like amazing way to search house would be. For example, yesterday I was trying to be sneaky and put um, alcohol into my coffee. And I was like, the alcohol is exactly in the middle of all of these other bottles. And if I touch the wrong bottle, like a game of operation, this yeah. entire thing goes down <laughs> in, in, into a giant mess. So it's... it's um. But it's adorably precarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. if you access it, it's like no big deal. Yeah. yeah, it's here. So like I said, I try to keep like it, it's a very much it's a it's a self-contained puzzle. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I'll share another in, uh, anecdote. One last one. Okay. Yesterday there was another fellow short person here at the house, yes. another friend of the pod, and we were trying to find vinegar. Mm. And it took two short people. And I literally told you it's in the shelf above the thing, but it's in the back. Yeah. So I knew as I was saying this that you wouldn't be able to reach it. I did nothing to help. No, it took two short people and she, and, and and our friend. I don't want to out her. Yeah. Our friend goes, damn tall people. <laughs> and I was like, we have this. And then I did my patented grab a set of tongs. <laughs> Out of the kitchen utensils move because it's what I do in my house yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Because our house was owned by tall people before, so there's a bunch of wonderful shelves, yeah. but they all go up uh-huh. to the ceiling. And I usually have no problem accessing them. Yeah, and but, I told you where it was. Still wouldn't go to help. No. Nah. No. We figured it out. I figured if you want vinegar that bad, you can figure it yeah. out. <laughs> I'm such a horrible and person. And that is the, the story of the vinegar being short. In, in that Weasley world. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just a shorty girl. <laughs> Living in a Weasley world. <laughs> I took the tongues up to get the vinegar. Uh, what's the what's the Randy Newman song? Short people. Like I can't expect short people to play in the background while we're trying to like figure. Out. We're like knocking down the bottles, <laughs> knocking down bottles, knocking down all the bottles, and then we made it. Yay! Okay. Back to the Russians. So back into Jack's office. There's a knock on the door, and it is a very proper, very eager Colonel Vasilov. Yes. And quite honestly, Jack. Kind of forgot he was coming. Yeah, fair. Uh, and there's a memo awkwardly on his desk <laughs> that he picks up. Yeah. <laughs> so Vaslov has all the fanciest Russian medals and thousands of hours of flight training. And it's like he's been training for the SGC his entire life. Yeah. And now his transfer be has been approved. Great. That gives no fucks. If he can be so bold, there is a spot on SG-1 that is open, Mm -hmm. uh, and he would love to chance to be on SGC's elite team. He's like, yeah, you and every person on this base, dude, get in line. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But remember all his awards and experiences? I've done all the things. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll take any team. I'll just want to go through the gate. He's like, yeah, you're... You can wait until you have training on going through the gate before you get to go on the gate. Mm. He's like, can I be a non-combat observer? I just want to go through the gate. She wants to go through that gate so bad. He's like, did you? What did I just say? Yeah. You need to go through training on the gate before you go through the gate. No, going through gate without training. Bye-bye. Now... Well, he's absolutely right. Yes. I do want to say that I'm a little salty with Jack. Because <laughs> this guy is a good dude. He's a good dude. And 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 Jack is smart enough to know a good dude when he sees one. Yes. And, and if you think about it, this is the way, if Sam were brand new, this is the same way Sam would approach this. And we know that Sam is excellent. Yes. So, while he's absolutely right and the guy needs training, he's just... He's just such a dick about it. He's a very much a dick about it. Yeah. And because we know Jack, I'm going to chalk it up to a combination of two things. Okay. One, that he probably just came in while Jack is like, I hate doing this fucking paperwork. Yeah. And I'm in a bad mood. And some guy just knocked on the door he and came in, in asking about coming to be on SG-1. Second of all, guy's Russian. Yeah. And we but again, do know how Jack... Well, racism is also not a good idea. I'm not. I'm not giving it a pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying we do know that uh, 
Jack and 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 Vasilov brings up in the later scene. He's like, he does know the Cold War is over, right? And yeah. he's like, ah, sometimes in the back of his head, he sometimes not. no, sometimes no. Uh, and without um, getting political, I mean, yeah. whatever reasons are reasons. Yeah, but he's just a little bit more. You know what it is? I feel like Jack's smarter than that. Jack is smarter than that. Yeah. I'm going to chalk it more of that he was He's just a look at the desk head. Yeah. And then look at the paper he's doing. And yeah. the guy just barged in. And I think it was like, no, you. He, you <laughs> I think I he's also mid tantrum. And, yes. and by by mid tantrum, I mean like weeks long tantrum yes. <laughs> of, of, about the, the whole learning SG, curve. Yeah. 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 So in. Uh, in Sam's lab, Tilk, in a really cool fun fact we learn, <laughs> is moving off base on Tuesday. Oh, yay, Tilk. He's getting his, his first apartment, and there's going to be a potluck apartment warming on Saturday. Now, I love that Tilk's like, do I have to cook for everybody? Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, here's my thing. Is Tilk a good cook? Um, I think that Teal'c may not be a good cook now because he, he's been living at the, at the SGC now for yeah. eight years. He doesn't have to cook. He doesn't have a kitchen. Right. He's never had to. And I'm sure he didn't do a ton of cooking when he was first prime. My, yeah. My other thought is even when he was just learning and being a soldier, he's like, this is food. Yeah. This, this nourishes me. Now I can see. Yeah. I can see once he gets his apartment's. Him starting to venture into something. I mean, the man's got to learn to make donuts. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe he bakes. Maybe. Can you imagine Tulik on the Great British Bake Off? <laughs> oh my god! Because <gasps> there's always the guy who you're like, how did you end up Could here? Could you imagine the conversation between Tulik and Paul Hollywood? Oh my god, imagine the handshake. <gasps> imagine like a Paul Hollywood Tulik handshake. Yes. Where it's like, no, I handshake you. No, I handshake you. <laughs> I handshake you back. He would. I drink your milkshake. He's the person who, like, every time they go to interview him, he just is quiet and stares at the camera in the same way he did in that the, the yeah. interrogation. Yeah. Or when they're giving him critiques, he's like... Indeed. Indeed. I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> Something. Um, and I feel like he calls him Paul Hollywood. Oh, yeah, no, he, he doesn't, does. He it, doesn't call him Paul. No, it's Paul Hollywood. Thank you, Paul Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me really excited. And also, what does everybody bring to the potluck? That's what I was saying. What do, what do, what do people bring to the potluck? Or what would you bring to the teal potluck? Well, I'll say that... Sam brings the chocolate chip cookies that she's brought before to people. Yes. Yeah. Jack brings beer. Um, Sam's going to teach him how to bake, and then Teal's going to take off with it. Yeah. She, he's going to be like, these are really good. Uh-huh. How do I do this? He's going to start learning how to bed break, bread, um, bread bake. Yeah. Uh, Jack brings beer. Jack brings beer. I feel like... Daniel brings some sort of really cool vegetable situation. He's bringing like what's what's the veggie version of a charcuterie plate? Um, why did I just lose it? Uh, crudités. Yeah, he brings that. He brings the crudite, or or he might even get fancy and like wrap some asparagus in phyllo dough. That's true. You know, because he's fancy. He is fancy, but he's it's a still, little pretentious. It's basic fancy. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. he's a little pretentious, mm-hmm. but he also has no time on his hands because yeah. he's a little absent-minded professor that way. Um, so he's like, "What's a quick fancy that I can pull?" Walter together? brings. Uh, cheese. A block of cheese and crackers. <laughs> yeah, Like, cheese. not cut yet. A block of cheese yeah. and crackers is what Walter brings. Who else do we have? And I feel like Siler is like, I got cups and plates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, and plates. yeah, cups and plates, cups and plates. Need to happen at cups a party. Yeah. Or, or he's the guy. You know what? Uh, let me give him a little more credit. Siler is always our man on the job. He's always reliable. He has chips. Bag of ice. Bag of ice, chips, and, uh, and, and, and like, um. Yeah. What's the thing? The, the, the salsa? Oh, yeah. The Chips and salsa, bag of ice. Yeah. Like, the man can be counted on for the basics. Exactly. Um, what do you bring into the public? Um, I personally, um, I love doing the the sort of the appetizer, the dips. Yeah. Um, I have been making my own, uh, learning how to make my own crackers, so I'm probably going to make my own crackers and yeah. bring some sort of dip, whether that is a buffalo chickeny thing, whether that is some sort of spinach and artichoke thing. I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think I would coordinate with Daniel because Daniel yeah. and I are very similar. You are very similar in style. And, and if he brings the crudite and the vegetables and we've got enough vegetables, 
I'm going with meatballs in a crock pot. I was like, you can do because I can see you doing meatballs in a crock pot. But if he's going to bring the crudite board, you can bring the charcuterie board. Yes. So I yeah, can see you going one of those two ways. Because I am also a little pretentious <laughs> when it comes to meals. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, have you had meals at our house yeah. before? <laughs> yeah, <fair. laughs> we, we live in a kitchen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So that's the potluck at on Saturday now I'm at Teal's house. Me too. <laughs> I have no reason to be hungry. I had a delicious breakfast of pretentious eggs. This coffee is my breakfast, so yeah, I'm hungry. A spinach, so, mushroom, and grape tomatoes. Look at that fanciness. I'm telling you, I'm a little bit pretentious. <laughs> and that's an everyday meal. So Jack comes into the room, and Sam quickly stands up, and Jack's like, seriously, I'm going to say this once, and it's going to last for eternity. At ease. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Daniel's like, how's the new gig going? And he's like, look, the crisis. Uh, the kitchen. Got Yukon gold, potatoes instead of russets. I mean, that's not good mash. You know what it's funny is I think that's true. It is true. Yeah. The Yukon Yukon or the uh the, the Yukon golds are much better for slicing and yeah, for or roasting. roasting. Yeah. Yeah. As he's absolutely right. A good russet is gonna make you the best mashed potatoes. Oh, for sure. Uh, so Sam, I want mashed potatoes. <laughs> Welcome to the food episode of Stargate. So Sam heard the new Russian commander, the, the colonel, came by and wants to get on SG-1. And he's, she's like, what'd you say? He's like, make french fries. Yeah. Oh, you mean the dude? Uh, yeah, don't to expect fr- preferential treatment because you have to like earn the right to yeah. go, which is completely accurate. You got to earn the right to go through the gate. You do. Uh, and Sam points out that he is the most highly decorated officer mm-hmm. in like Russian history. You know, it actually wouldn't be a bad time to try to bridge that divide, if you will. Yeah. If we can find someone we can trust. But Sam, but Jack has a point of he has no years experience of going off world though yet. So sure. I'm. This is where sure. Jack gets, goes a little overboard. He's like, I'm not going to risk lives. By someone who has no off-world experience. Well, and it it does become the thing where it's like, do you promote from within? Yeah. Or do you hire someone from outside who's got a bunch of great potential? They're like, oh, how cautious of you, Jack. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that he's Russian. Uh Uh-huh. And, and, like, they have, he's like, they have their own team. Yeah. What more do they want? To be part of your world. So, (laughs) who else are you going to put on SG-1? No one. That's what Jack's like. No what? One. Why can't we just have three people? Again, he's mid tantrum. There's no thing in the regs that says I have to put a fourth person down there, and it's just one less decision I have to make. The tantrum is this: Jack doesn't want to not go off world. He doesn't. He always Jack wants to like, have that spot. That's that he mine. Can go. Nobody else can exactly. have it. Nobody else is good enough. I to have be licked me. it. Yeah. For eight years. Now. If I can't have it, no one can. Yeah. Um. That sounded super dirty, and, and I like also it. eight years in. We are to the prime of facial glances and face Amongst acting the, yeah. in this group. Yeah, they are very good. The unspoken conversations. Uh-huh. You can't have these in the first season because you don't know the characters well enough. No. And they don't know each other and they well don't know enough. each other. Eight years in, these people can just look at each other and have an entire conversation. Well, it's like friendships. It's like any real friendship. Every now and then, things will happen at work, and the, where you and I sit, <laughs> we don't actually face each other. Like, no. I face you, but you have my, your back yeah. to me, and... Again, that was done on purpose by our bosses. I'm just talking about. We appreciate what they're doing, <laughs> but every now and then I'm like, I need a Nixie to turn around right now, <laughs> so I can tell her an entire story with my face. But also, we understand what they're saying, uh huh, because we've uh-huh. known them. Because for... we've also known them yeah. for eight years. So Daniel goes to see Vasilov, mm-hmm. and whatever on his arm can't be good. It's grayscale. Smells like a plot point. Yep. It's oh, gr- he's got grayscale. Vasilov <laughs> says Daniel's reputation precedes you, but I have to ask, Harrison, <coughs> how no one can get you onto the staff? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Hamilton preference. No. Nope. Okay. okay, yes. So Vasilov wishes like. everyone uh, was as welcoming as Daniel is. Um, Jack's attitude is basically offensive, which <laughs> yeah. is accurate. Yeah. And it makes him wonder if Jack knows the Cold War is over. Daniel reassures him that, look, it has nothing to do with you being Russian. He's basically just a curmudgeon of the old man that. who hates everyone. I do love that response. It's like, hey, 
he's an asshole to everybody. Yeah. Which I feel like should feel better. Because it, it's yeah. like, it's not about you it's at all. It's not about you. It also doesn't help that your government is pushing pressure on him and he basically just rebels against any pressure being put on him. Yeah. So. Don't push me. Again, not you. Larger forces combined with curmudgeon. Yeah. Done. And when Vasilov tries to remind him of how they're supposed to be partners in the Stargate program, Dan reminds him of, yeah, I know, I literally wrote the I'm the treaty. one who made that. I gotcha. Don't have, preaching to the choir. Um, and Daniel Drich reminds him that, like, and he goes, he, he says Jack, but he says Colonel and then catches himself and has to say General again. Yeah. It's really cute. Courage yeah. Uh, he, like, he, ju- he just took command and it's really bad timing for Russia to be, like, Hey, I want this and this and this. He's like, right. How about take a breather? Take a breather. You're. It's. It's. He thinks it's a little taking advantage of a change in leadership. Just right. Give Which, it a second. It is an appropriate time to ask for things when leadership yes. changes, but give it a second to settle in. Yeah. Um. But absolutely, he's not wrong there. And just then, Vasilov collapses. Dun, dun, dun. And they give them to the infirmary. We meet Dr. Brightman, who's the new doc in town. Um, I'm going to just let you see what I wrote. What'd you write? I wrote, oh. in all caps, yeah. I am not ready for a new doctor. Now, I did not realize I was not ready for a new Janet. I'm well, not ready. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a slight spoiler. Oh. Don't don't feel like you have to get attached to her. Okay, good. Basically, don't see her again. You know, it wasn't even the her or the knowing that there would be a new one. It's just all of a sudden seeing it. It's just seeing a doctor. It's yeah. like, nope. It's not Janet. Don't show me any doctors. Yeah, I don't want to see anyone who's not Janet. Um, but she's like, look, I got him. I know you're going off world soon. So just then we see what can't be good as like Dementor vision. Yeah. going down the SGC hallway. Yep. So Jack meets with Brightman in the observation room where they have Vasilov, and he's he's awake but super confused. Mm-hmm. The last thing he remembers was being in Russia. He has no clue where he is, how he got here. He has lesions covering 40% of his body. Yikes. And he might have an infection. We don't know if it's contagious or not. Just all around bad news bears. So basically, um, he gets to play the Professor Quirrell. Yes. Of this episode where he's been carrying him for yes. the whole time. So as Daniel goes, is about to go through the gate with a different team, uh-huh. Jack has the gate shut down. And he calls for Daniel. Down get romantic. <laughs> Let's just say he doesn't respond well. No. Uh, and he grabs the guy in front of him as a human shield and pulls his sidearm out. <laughs> Not cool. So Jack takes the sidearm of the SF next to him, uh-huh. heads down to the gate. While he's getting there... Daniel shoots two guards. Yeah. Daniel's not fucking around. And then Teal goes at the other door to the gate room and zats Daniel. Uh-huh. He goes down, but he doesn't go unconscious. He stays awake long enough to grab the gun off the floor and stand up and go to point it at Jack. And Jack is forced to shoot Daniel yep. mm-hmm. in the shoulder. Yeah. Thankfully, he is very good aim. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise we'd be a dead Daniel again. And Daniel finally goes down, and Jack and Teal look at each other going, what the actual fuck? fuck? Yeah, what the fuck is happening? Just happens. Yeah, also, like, super surge for Daniel. Like, oh, Jesus. man. <laughs> um, I, I will bring it up later on, but how many times does Daniel get shot this episode? <laughs> um, it's kind of... At least it's only one bullet. Yeah, that's fair. So Daniel is now in the observation room. He's he's not going to die from the gunshot, so mm-hmm. he's he's stable for now. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, that other thing of him when he went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam wonders if anyone noticed anything in particular, and Jack's like, well, I mean, who's very not okay with the fact he just has to shoot his, one of his best yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes... Jack did think it was a little odd when Daniel shot up the gate room. Yeah. There's that was particular. Well, peculiar. I love I love this like comedy behind like the who shot me? <laughs> well, that's yet. Yeah, that's he hasn't woken up yet. Oh, right, 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 yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, he's still unconscious here. Yeah. Um, but he, they did notice that Daniel only went cray cray yes. after the gate was shut down. Yep. So assuming now that he has whatever Vasilov had, mm-hmm. uh, and if the infection if an infection reaches the brain, you can become a little unstable, yeah. unpredictable. True. Uh, it manifests itself in different ways for every person. So Jack heads up to the control room, who are not Walter, is. <laughs> and tells uh, all the off-world teams that the SGC is under lockdown. 
we're under quarantine and they should all go to the alpha site. Um, and we see a big, massive blast door closing the basin. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Sam and Brightman have a walk and talk. Daniel is improving and Vasilov is not. Uh, and since it started with him, they can't be sure that it, they can be sure it didn't come through the gate. Right. And um, he's too far gone. And Brightman is working with Russia to see if there's any sources on their end that he may have been infected with. I love how quickly they dispel all the Russia did it. Yeah. Issues, which I really love. It's cleverly done within the writing. It's cleverly done to where our team is suspicious. Yeah. And the doctor's like, I am doctor. I, I doctor. Know I doctor are. things. And Teal'c is then adorably waiting in the observation room with Vasilov. Yeah. And I think there is, I think knowing Teal'c, it is part, I am here keeping guard and part, this this soldier needs should have someone standing yeah. next to him. What well, right? Um, and also foreign per, stranger in a strange land. Yeah, let's see what's going on. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's part. It's part. Yeah. I am protector and guarding. Yeah. Also, if, if if you're sake. a bad guy, I'm yeah. here. If you're not a bad guy, I'm here. Uh, yeah. Um, and Zev Vasilov wakes up and asks how Daniel is. Mm. And and Vasilov's feeling okay. It's not as bad as the time he went drinking with some general in Le- <laughs> Levograd. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, which is a much worse headache. Teal reassures him that none of this was his fault. <clears throat> yes, the whole place is in lockdown. But if you weren't here, then wherever you were at would be... Yeah, better here than anywhere else yeah. if it's Anubis that we're dealing with. Yeah, which they all have no clue about yet. Right. Like, this would be happening either way, and this isn't your Sure. Problem. But Vasilov can't really be sure of anything. He's starting to remember the past few days, like, in flashes and in dreams, but he can't trust them. Right. He was a helpless observer in his own body. Ding, ding, ding! Red flags, red flags! We know what that means. You've said the magic phrase! <laughs> so in the next scene, we learn that the cold open was actually a month ago. Oh, when that right. cosmonaut came back from space, he was ill. Yep. And he actually died a week later. Yikes. And officially, it's written down as renal failure... But in reality, they really don't have any clue what happened to him. Those are always shady. I feel like that happens more often than we know. Yeah. Or maybe I've been watching too much Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Probably a combination. Yeah. (laughs) But the symptoms that this cosmonaut had are the same as Vasilov. Uh, and Vasilov happened to be old buddy buddies with this guy. And went to visit him in the hospital. Um, But no one else has gotten sick. So they assumed it wasn't contagious. That's because it's just one goal. Yeah, and Teal'c then is like, what yeah. if this isn't a disease then? Mm-hmm. Because the way he de- way Vasilov described things sounds exactly like the host in a symbiote. Yep. And there's no symbiote. We checked. So maybe it's some other kind of alien possession. Sure. I mean, Sam's been in a similar position where there a was no symbiote. <laughs> yeah. Let's not rule it out so fast. Which creepily means that... It could be anyone. Dun, dun, dun. That's when you hear, like, And that's when the phone rings that it's coming from inside the base. (laughs) But really, it's just Daniel's awake. Yeah. And this is, this is your favorite comedy scene. Okay. I love, love the, if you don't know, if you don't know it, you don't know that this is comedy. Yes. But it's comedy. Yeah. Um, so to the naked observer, for a domestic partner, Jesse, if you will, who walks into the room, he doesn't quite understand why I'm laughing my face off yeah. in the scene. <laughs> but the who shot me is like if the six of us friends were gathered around, it's like, why did you shoot me? But also... The Sam's glance yeah. towards Jack. Like, like Jack, Jack shot you. Technically, so did Teal'c. I know. Well, she's she's just glancing she's that like, way where they both are. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I, don't I mean, know. I didn't shoot you. And That's then, all I know. Yeah. I I don't know who could have shot you, but I didn't. But I didn't shoot you, and it was definitely I can't not tell me. you. But it was, and she's like making hand signals, but it was not me as she points at the other people in the room around her. <laughs> and Jack's blind. It's like, well, you were shooting up the paint room. He's like, so he's like, he's very confused. He doesn't remember anything we nod. He asks, who shot me? And Jack's like, don't change the subject. Yeah. Uh, it's not important right now. 
the last thing Danny remembers is he was talking to Vasilov and then he collapsed and he goes again, who shot me? And Sam's like, side eye. Um, we're going to not talk about this. We decided. You well, were shooting up the gate room. Jesus. Yeah. Bruh. Sam's pretty sure we now have a foothold it's situation. Like, it, to them, it's like the equivalent of being like, who wrote on my face while I was sleeping? <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it's really to that degree. Uh, and and shares all the creepy details and lack thereof. So Daniel flashes to his own view of him shooting the guards yeah. in the gate room. And when he comes to, he knows somehow that it was Anubis. In Voldemort Farm. In Voldemort Farm. And that Nubis was controlling him. Uh-huh. Anubis is not dead. Nope. And he's now here. He's now Anubamort. Anubamort! Ominous music. <laughs> so the next, I love the next shot we get of the briefing room. I'm trying to remember which one it it's is. It's black. It's 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 from the gate room, and everything's oh, black. Yeah. And it's just like this mood lighting in the, in the briefing room. It's, it's the beautiful. one that looks like that diner art with yeah. James Dean and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. So this is where the whole part where Anubis is actually in a non-corporeal form, mm-hmm. and and comes and bites us in the butt. So, normally we've seen him in a force shield, and that's sort of what makes the body. Yeah. He has no body. He's a nobody. He's just been (laughs) using... He's a nobody. We've just been seeing him in this, like, force shield dance. Um, And when the ship was destroyed, it destroyed that shield. Yeah. So, he's basically been trapped in orbit. So, basically, when he tried to kill Harry... The curse rebounded on him. Yes. And now he has to run away uh-huh. and become a nothing just yes. thing until they can find a quarrel uh-huh. to sit in the back of his head of. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Uh, he was floating <laughs> in a piece of a ship. Yep. And then he hitched a ride on the back of a cosmonaut. And then he went to Vanslav. He's trying to go through the gate. Yeah. Um, and he can't use his freaky deaky ascended powers since that's going to alert the ancients yep. who will come and take care of him. Mm-hmm. And he can't get a new shield on Earth. Which is why he's trying to get off planet through the gate. Yep. And he's now trapped on the base. Imagine if you're a bad guy, the worst place you could be trapped in, yeah. you're now trapped in. Uh-huh. He's like, well, fuck. So Sam has a plan. So Sam walks through the halls and everyone is lined up watching Sam as they pass. She mm-hmm. goes to visit Daniel and brings him some books because Daniel. Yeah. Um, and Jack has ordered physicals of everyone. And if Anubis, because if Anubis is in your body, it starts messing with right. some of the stats and it looks like you're getting sick. Well, the white cells were always the first ones to show. It's like the white cells, yeah. And as for Vasilov, he had Anubis for over a week. Yeah. So he's not getting better. His immune system is shot. And he's so far gone that the damage is done. It's just pain management now. That's kind of shitty. It's really I shitty. I really like this guy, too. I thought yeah. there was hope here. Uh, so we then get Ghost Anubis, Voldemort, floating through the hallways. So Jack is on the phone. The situation is contained. It's not resolved. And he's not letting the lock go, lockdown unlock uh-huh. anytime soon. I'm not unlocking the locks. Um, the Pentagon is apparently getting really antsy. I'm the one who locks. Sorry. <laughs> so Brightman comes in um, and everyone's getting antsy. The entire base is. Sure. I mean, you're all stuck here. Yeah. And time elapses and it's been forever. Yeah. Uh, bottom line is, is Vasilov has a week. Two yeah. tops. Um, awesome. Jack will let Russia know. They'll be super excited. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun conversation. So Jania goes to visit Vasilov. He's yeah. not, Vasilov isn't quarantined anymore because they know. He's not, well, he doesn't yeah. have Anubis anymore. Um, and Daniel has been kicked out because he kept stealing jello from other people's yeah. trays. <laughs> uh, and Vasilov, I kind of believe that. I completely I believe like it. He's being petty about being shot. Like he's like, I was shot. I'm taking this. I know. You didn't dick everybody. I completely believe him. Yeah, stealing like, like it's not normal for his character. Yeah, but it's like he's just mad. He's just annoyed. and he hasn't quite placed the anger because he can't be mad. Like, yeah, he can't actually. Mm-hmm. Stay mad about this, so he's but just he's mad. Steal jello. Yeah, he's you're mad. unconscious. You're not gonna eat your jello. I'm yeah, God, that. you don't need this. I've actually considered that before when I've been hospitalized. <laughs> just stealing in, jello. In, in fairness, I was nine. <laughs> well, because at some point I was in a shared room. Yeah, and when you come out, when you come out of a diabetic coma, 
you're very hungry and <laughs> very, why. very thirsty. I wonder why. And they don't allow you to eat or drink anything for a little while. Oh, that's annoying. I hate that part. So I kept trying to steal the neighbor's little pink water thing. And I was like, I'm just fucking thirsty. So Vasilov asks Daniel to deliver a letter to his sister when the lockdown ends. That's and he's really like, I'm sad. not going to see the end of the lockdown. And he goes, in Russia, we have a saying, a, a cord may curl long, but the end will appear. And I feel like that is my new mantra when I get a tangled mess of yarn. There you go. It seems like such a weird reference, but it makes sense now when you used it for knitting. Yeah. Because when I hear cord, I think electronics, so oh, it's hard yeah. for it to be a saying. Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, cords don't have to be no. just electronic cords. Got it. Um, and I, I do prefer Daniels, though. Daniels comes back with, in the kingdom of hope, there is no winter. What a beautiful thing for a Russian. And my response is, winter is coming. <laughs> Imagine, though, like, it's such a beautiful saying. I don't know if it's real or not, if it's made up for the I had, show. I did not look it up yet. But imagine you live in fucking Siberia. Yeah. Of course that's your thing. Yeah. You're like, someday we will see the sun <laughs> and it will be warm and we will love it. Uh, and so for now, Daniel leaves the letter here. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in the kingdom of hope. There is no winter. I like it. Except winter is coming. <laughs> there is no winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and as Daniel turns, he flashes and he remembers seeing from his point of view, Anubis leaving him and hitching a ride with Lieutenant Evans. <gasps> so Lieutenant Evans, this poor girl, walks out of the commissary to oh, a ton yeah. of security force pointing their guns at her and she just drops a tray. So imagine this. You're a nurse. Yeah. Like, yes, you are a lower level military. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But you're a nurse. Yeah. You're a nurse. You're not like, uh, you know, combat guy. No. Um... <laughs> And you're like, I'm going to lunch. I'm so hungry. You know, I'm just going to eat at my desk because I got a lot of paperwork to do. And she walks out and she's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Um, I'm trying to. <laughs> I want to say that I would also drop the tray because that would be the smart thing to do. Yeah. But the person that we've talked about in me, the clean freak, if you will, the order muppet in me would set the tray down (laughs) on the ground and then get shot for making a weird movement. I would just try to put my hands up with holding the tray. Yeah, it's like I'm just going to lean it against my body and then just I'm just going to eat some of the <laughs> with my face. If I'm gonna die, can I eat first? Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I did, but I'll stop. So in the interrogation room, um, she tells Sam that she was look, I was checked by Dr. Brighton. I, I was cleared and and I look, I know <coughs> I'm not I don't have I would know yeah. if I had brain passenger and I don't. Yeah. Um I know I know I'm not lying. And Jack watches all of us from the observation room. And Sam's like, well, okay, what did you do on Tuesday? Dun, dun, dun. She can't remember. That's not a good sign. That's going to be the worst feeling in the world. Again, you've said the magic words. Um, If you ask me what I did on Tuesday, I don't know that I remember. (laughs) I'm like, how many days ago is Tuesday? Yeah, where am I? Why Why do I? Why am I? Um, so Teal comes into the observation room with Jack, and Airman McCaffrey has missed his appointments. Huh. And no one can find him anymore. Hmm. So they start looking. And we get a montage of SF searching the place yes. until one of those poor guys is taken down by McCaffrey. Yep. Oh, and we get a major Kearney major that radios Kearney. Jack um, that the man down... The man's down? Oh, yes, yes. Does he look familiar? I feel like he should now that you said he that. He should. His, it's it's Aaron Pearl. He plays young Hammond in 1969. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Deep dive. Deep dive into the recesses of Stargate. We get to see a young Hammond. So, what if it's... What if it's a Hammond who found how to get it into the future, and now that he's retired, he can be at the SGC again? Maybe. I've decided that that's really who he is. So the target is armed and heading for the control room. McCaffrey does get there, shoots a few people along the way, Uh and orders not Walter to open the gate. And uh, Jack just comes in and zats him. And on the ground, we can see uh, the Dementor Anubis 
uh, float away. Yep. And everyone, like... What do you do to it? That's... Well, you can't kill it. You can't catch it. It's not a Pokemon. It's not it's like, a mortal. Fuck. Just... Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's okay. all you got. Bye. <laughs> Hi, Anubis. Um, all right. See you around. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> So Daniel knocks on Jack's door. Uh, he's like, "You're not supposed to be walking around." And he's like, it, "It's my arm. Yeah, it wasn't. It was my leg. I'm not walking on my arm." And uh, and yeah, I was shot because you shot me. So I'm just gonna keep walking around. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of my life would be like, "Remember that time you shot me?" But then, of course, Jack would respond with, "Remember the time you shut up the gate room?" Like, Solid. Touche. So Anubis is stuck here. They can't let him through the gate, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but since he can just float through walls, they can't leave him on the base. Yep. Uh, they can't catch him. They can't kill him. They can't hold him. Again, he's not a Pokemon. He's not a human. So Daniel suggests that they let the ancients deal with him. Which, yeah, because they're so super helpful whenever we uh-huh. ask. Every single time. But if we do, if we force him to use his powers, they will take action because that they'll be paying attention right. to. Right, right. So they're going to have to try to force him, force his hand, his mist. His misty hand. Force his, his dementorness. Claw. I don't know. So in the briefing room. I need more coffee. So far, he's tried twice to make it through the gate. So we keep have to making, we have to make it harder and harder for him to get through the gate. <laughs> yeah. So for that, they're going to divide the base into three zones. We're going to Rube Goldberg the shit out of we, getting to the yeah, gate. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so zone one is going to control the power to the gate. Currently, it's disconnected and turned off. Yeah. The gate control room, gate room, briefing room, everything is in zone two. Yep. All the space, all the connections between those two are going to be sealed. Yep. And the only way to open them is going to be in zone three. Yes. Okay. So everyone here is going to be split between uh, the three zones. Food, medical equipment, everything will be split between them. Not even Jack can go between these yep. zones. Um, so the point is to prevent Anubis from being able to make it through the gate in any one person. To force his hand to use his, his ascendity ancient ubery He's powers. He's got to move from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to and and that's going to attract the ancient's attention. Yeah, either he has to use his ascendity powers to escape, or yeah. he's got to show himself. So, um, Teal'c and Jack are in zone two. Sam's in zone three. We find out Daniel's in zone three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she seals everything down. And oh, shocker, Siler is in zone one because power is there. And yep. we know Siler. He's always going to be near the power, yeah, so he can get. He's a junkie. He's a junkie. And then we see Vasilov is not doing well. Yikes. So the waiting starts. We have a montage of waiting and walking and phone talking and uh-huh. waiting. Pentagon phone calls. So Jack picks up the red phone. It's the president. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been six days since we've been locked down. Um, it's been several hours and six whole days. It's been one week since you looked at me. Since you <laughs> locked down the gate for me. Then you shot me. <laughs> five days. No, five days you shot at me. Said... Get Anubis out of you. <laughs> so no one has shown any physical symptoms. That doesn't mean Anubis is gone, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yes, I do understand the importance of the program. He talks to the president, um, and the president hangs up. <laughs> Jack has twenty four hours to resume normal gate operations. Yeah. He tells Teal, who walked in the middle of this. So Jack announces to the whole base that yeah, this is shit. Um, but the fact is, is that there was a threat on the base that we can't let escape. Yep. So the president has told him. Lies he rolls out the, lies. He rolls a good bluff check. Uh-huh. The president has told him maintain the lockdown indefinitely. Yep. We only have enough food for a month. So after that, we're going to figure out how to get some. We're just going to start eating each other. We're just going to take a lottery the system of straws. cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be uh, the last man standing. Yeah. The, um, the most dangerous game of all. In the meantime, everyone get comfortable. No one's going anywhere. Yeah. So we see through Anubis' vision, he is not happy now. Yeah. Flying through the SGC. Sam walks Imagine to, how bored he is. Super, imagine how flying. bored everyone is except oh. for Daniel. Yeah, he's got all the books in the world. He's like, time enough at last! <laughs> he's a Twilight Zone episode. So Sam walks into the, the, the surveillance, the security watchy room. Uh-huh. Room. <laughs> that's a thing and the sf actually like they she can't open the door on her own like she yeah. has to get buzzed in yep 
Uh, she has a very f- nice French manicure, by the way. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, and she types, 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 and then zats the two SF there. So yeah. I want to mention... I can't take credit for this. This was all, again, domestic partner Jesse. Yeah. Walked by into the room. He goes, bad soldiers. They should have had their guns pointing at her. I don't care that she's Sam. They know that there's an Anubis loose. And I was like, fair point. Yeah. Uh, so we have Sam Nubis now. Yeah. Um, does <laughs> does something more on the computers and then walks over and sees Daniel and zats him. Well, again, Daniel's now been shot by every single other member of the SG, SG-1 team. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? what is this? Shoot Daniel episode? Shoot Daniel week. And the way he goes down is incredibly comical. <laughs> so, like, he does the scream, like the uh, the, the Willem scream. The Willem scream, yeah. yeah. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we see Sam Nubis has overridden the security overrides. Overridden overrides. And <laughs> in section three, in six seconds, she's able to get out. She opens the door. And see, we see her walking through, zadding more people. Daniel then wakes up and sees this carnage He's fairly like, quickly. Fucking again! Yeah. We see Sam Nubis in the power control room, so she's now in zone one. Yeah, uh, and we see the light sort of dim and flicker as she reconnects the system. Mm-hmm. Vasilov notices this. <coughs> Daniel comes to the surveillance room and sees that section one is about to be overridden as well, so she can get into section two with the gate. Mm-hmm. And we see Sam Nubis through the. Screens. Yes. He radios Teal'c and is like, yo, Teal'c, this is what's up. He's got a Sam. Sam Nubis continues. John Doe's got the upper hand. On her path, alarms go off, airmen go running, who then get zatted and kicked. Yeah, I mean, it is a Sam. It is a Sam. So they were fucked even without. Uh, Jack comes around a corner and zats Sam as she's Uh doing this. And we can see Anubis rising and floating in midair again. Oh boy, this is not better. So before we see where Anubis goes, Daniel Uh radios Jack to tell him that Anubis is tampered with the security and has a sequence of timed overrides and commands and they can't shut them down. Good times. So Kearney runs up behind Jack, who Jack's like, come with me. If you want to live. And we haven't seen where Anubis has gone yet. But, nope. you know, if yeah. you think for two seconds. Put, put two and two together. Jack heads to a blast door and inside is a very scary looking device. Uh-huh. Kearney's like, oh. I don't want to. Jack takes a key out from around his neck. Uh-huh. Base security is being compromised. He goes, take your key out. That's in order. This is the base self-destruct. Yeah. My question is, how many people have keys to this? This is a major who has a self-destruct key. That's crazy. Well, I wonder if things have changed purely because of the separation. Possibly. And it's like, this is, we're handing it to one person that nobody but Jack will know who it is. So he handed it to a person that is... Possibly. Because, again, it's Anubis. Yes. And so they don't want... But it just seems very convenient that this guy is the one who has the key. Yeah. So uh, it's... It is. I do like that as an explanation. It makes yeah. more sense than everyone has a key to the self-destruct. that would be bullshit. It would be That would be complete. I think, I think that might have been Jack's plan. This guy is in the same section as him. Yeah. He knows. Only he knows. As far as he knows, that's safe. But I guess, and everyone would assume that he would have given it to Teal'c, which is why he didn't give it to Teal'c. Right. So because... You know what I mean? Yeah. You, yeah. Because that's what I would do. I would give it to someone who's not likely. If we had to share a secret and and people were going to come for the person that I shared a secret with. It wouldn't be me. I wouldn't share it with Nixie because people are going to assume I'm going to give it to Nixie. This is very true. You know, especially at work. I'm going to not give it to a Nixie, but I have to give it to someone. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. So not Nixie. I'll find some other poor schmuck in the room (laughs) who I don't love as much. Because if they go down, I'm not going to give as much Yeah. Um, but they flip on the self-destruct five minutes. And the world can't do without both of us. No. <laughs> Wouldn't it? We need somehow this podcast has to survive. Yeah. It's the most important thing. <laughs> podcast is priority. Yes. So um, this five minutes to self-destruct gets announced on base. And Sam here said elbows the SF behind her and goes running. Yeah. Yikes. Jack then zats Kearney and goes walking off, taking his gun. So Vasilov now hears that there's four minutes to self-destruct and gets himself out of bed. Mm-hmm. Or, like, pulls out his IV. Well, he remembers kind of Dumbledore's saying that it's not who you are, but the choices you make. 
It's not where you come from. It's the choices you make that make you who you are. Exactly. <laughs> this is just the Harry Potter episode. And welcome to the Harry Potter love life of Grace. So Sam walks into the control room. Teal points a, a gun at her. Mm-hmm. Um, you shall not pass. Yeah. Uh, he's. She's like, but I need to pass because I need to shut down the self-destruct. Yeah. Um, I was Anubis. I'm not anymore. Long story. You have to believe me. And Teal does because it's Sam. He does like... After a bit, he... What do you, like, what do you think finally changes his mind? <sighs> I think, I think it's just one of those gut instincts. Yeah. So, okay. But um, here's the thing. It's Teal'c, so I'm pretty sure he doesn't come, he keeps the gun at ready. I don't think he puts the safety sure. on or anything. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I was like, well, if this was a D&D game, Teal'c would have rolled an insight check. He would have. And somehow at best, that's, that's essentially your gut check. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think that's that's what it comes down to. I feel like they need to have some sort of code, but I guess Anubis would be able to find it, like Probably, a code yeah. word. God, that sucks. Um, so three minutes, mm-hmm. Teal lets her through. Quickly gets in there, shuts down the the um, self destruct. Yeah. Which, you need two keys to turn the self-destruct on in a specific room, but Sam can just turn it off in half a second from the control room? Reasons. Maybe I would like to think that not everyone can turn off the the self-destruct that quickly. It's just because yeah. it's Sam. It's just because it's Sam again. And she's hacked There's the all these safety measures. Yeah. And she probably has never told anyone that she can do that. No, she hasn't. And after this, they're like, how did you do that? <laughs> nothing yeah we're gonna sit you like there's gonna be a debriefing that where they discuss like hey how did like i know you saved everyone but But ultimately how did you do this so vasloff is heading somewhere very painfully Mm. in the control room uh the anubis's sequence has set the gate to dial anubis is clearly heading to the gate room yeah sam tries to overwrite the dialing when jack walks into the control room as anubis jack nubis Jack Nubis, which is your favorite of all the Nubises? I don't know. I really like Sam Nubis. I mean, Sam Nubis is a bit of an ass kicker. Yeah. But Daniel Nubis. Daniel Nubis. Daniel Nubis is a fucking wild card. Complete wild card. Yeah. Um, Vasilov then runs in and tackles Jack. Yeah. But just football style. Yeah. Well, and because at that point, he's probably not feeling great. So that's the best he can do is just throw his body Exactly. Throw my uh, body he, around. While they're down, he gr- he grabs the gun. And yep. when they stand up, it's pointing at Jack. And the man can move fast for not feeling no like kidding. any goodness. At the, he's just living. He he took a shot of... Uh, Adrenaline. Yeah. Straight to the heart. He just grabbed an EpiPen. Uh-huh. Shot himself up and it's like, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack tells him to stand down. Uh, Vasilov says, Niet. Yeah. Uh, and there's a very tense standoff in front of the open gate with you, Sam and Teal also giving facial expressions. Oh, all, yeah. All face, all camera zooms. <laughs> Vasilov tells Anubis that he needs a body to go through the gate to take him. Yeah. Or he'll kill both of them. Yep. So he I do does. love this. He knows he's going to die. Exactly. Which is the card he's playing off. Yep. He's like, I'm going to die. Also, I might have- as well go out like a badass. Exactly. Um, so, so Vasilov, he Anubis does. He leaves Jack, heads into Vasilov. Jack falls. Vasilov takes a second to sort of breathe, uh-huh. and like Anubis takes over, bum, bum, and he bum. turns and he heads through the gate. He's been bamboozled, and the gate turns off. Yeah. So Jack and Sam run in to check Jack. He got through, yes, but they couldn't stop the dialing sequence. Right. Um. But they could change the address. <laughs> so Sam actually sent him to KS7535. Jack goes, chilly. <laughs> Cut to said planet. Yeah. And we see a Vasla frozen. Yeah. Kneeling on the ground in a white tundra with heavy snow falling. It's Anubilov. Um, <laughs> Anubilov goes out like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> Where it's like, well, that's creepy. Uh-huh. I can't get that face out of my no. mind ever again. Because he's frozen with his eyes open. Yep. Yep. Again, it's that. Uh, have you seen The Shining? No. Okay. Uh, well, spoiler. Well, here's the thing. I've heard enough about The Shining. I have an overactive imagination. Yeah. I don't need to. 
spoilers, the last scene in The Shining is the same as the last scene in this episode. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, where you're like, well, that's scary as That's, and, and I'm never going outside With the, the eyes again. open, yeah. and it's Jack Nicholson's eyeballs. Yeah, never, um, never going scary anywhere. Times. Scary times. Never going times. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so it's a fun episode. It is fun. Yeah, it's a fun little one-off. Um, I love that we don't quite know, again, is there a fourth coming to this team? In both shows right now, in Atlantis and in Stargate, our teams are undefined. They are. And I do, but I also like how Jack's like, do we need a fourth? Can't we just leave it as three? Again, I think Jack just wants to stay on the he team. He does. My thought is that Jack's going to find a way to keep going off planet. Okay. At least temporarily. Okay. Um, because that's who Jack is. But also, he's smart enough to know that, like, Jack, you're the boss. Yeah. You gotta be here to do shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammond got to go off planet every now and then. Every once in a while. But that's not a thing you get to do all the time. No. That's what happens when you move up in positions. You don't get to do some of the other stuff that used to be fun. Exactly. I'm not talking to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, yeah. So yeah, no. Next up, next episode we watch is going to be Atlantis. Yeah. Hide and seek. Yes. I'm excited. It's a fun time. Yeah. I feel like we're two episodes in. There's really not a a, a, no. a countdown. No, not yet. We need um, we need at least five episodes before we can really. I get agree. There. Um, but otherwise, I did dig this. It's just kind of fun, and it does feel a little bit horror movie ish. It's like, very. You could, you could you could you could darken this up really easily. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's good times. Um, I am looking forward to some more Atlantis. I'm really loving this. I'm loving the going back and forth thing. Yeah, it's fun. Um, it does. It does play on my. Uh, it makes me exercise patience. Patience. Yeah, is the word. Yes, that is definitely the word. Um, but next week we're here with Atlantis hide and seek. Until then, you know where to find us. On Twitter, we're at Tara Podcast. On Facebook, we're at There's No Place Like Tara. Um, you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. Um, Read us, like us, review us on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you soon. Soon. Bye, guys. Bye.